Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. So why do you want to learn a new language? I'll tell you why. Because donde esta el baño can be a very important question at times. You know, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. Fast track your language acquisition with immersive lessons designed to teach you to pick up languages in a natural way. I love the fact that I can go from my laptop to my phone to pretty much anywhere and learn the language of my choice. Not to mention, I'm bringing my communication skills to new heights. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a limited time, Star Talk Radio listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash StarTalk. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash StarTalk today. Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. This is Star Talk Radio. I'm your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson. I'm an astrophysicist at the American Museum of Natural History right here in New York City where I also serve as director of the Hayden Planetarium. So the universe is my thing. Today, I have in studio one of my favorite co-hosts, Chuck Nice. Hey. Chuck, welcome back, man. What's happening? All right. Good to see you, man. You're tweeting at Chuck Nice Comic? That's right. You got a TV show That's where you just invade people's homes? Yes, that is correct. That's out of control, man. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm, I'm hoping people will invade the show and watch it on HGTV. Uh, home Strange Home, Friday nights. Home Strange Home. <laughs> on HGTV. Where you go in and just call people stuff out. Yes, that's right. People I can't sh- even, the home is not even sacred anymore. No, it is not. Damn. Not as long as I'm around. Guys, like I said, if you come to my house, I'm not letting you in. That's what windows are for, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> Charles Lou, colleague, friend, professor of astrophysics, CUNY. Thanks for coming on to the my show. My pleasure. Always You're a pleasure. man about the cosmic knowledge, and I bring you for all these emergency cases where... In this case, we've got we're featuring an interview with Alan Rickman, the actor. Ah, Severus Snape. Yes, Snape. <laughs> Snape. We will so do Harry Potter in the next few segments. Marvelous. So, and you're like you brought. You, this is my daughter's. Okay. Oh, I, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Look, I, I will admit, uh-huh. I will admit, I did read this one from cover to cover, but this was the only one I read cover uh-huh. to cover. Yeah. But yeah. yes, Keep telling yourself is that. the true expert in that. <laughs> No question about it. Well, I had a whole conversation with Alan Rickman just about science, what role science has played in his life. He didn't do well on his early physics test, but we would later learn that other aspects of the physical world would intrigue him. Let's check out first segment with Alan Rickman, find out what, he, what makes him tick cosmically. We have on good rumor that 
that you love roller coasters. Is that really true? Very true. It is true. That was uh, Cheryl Madaloni posted that on our Facebook. Wanted me to ask you about that. See, to the to the amusement park enthusiast, it's a, it's a thrill ride. But in physics, it is a major physics experiment going on. I'm sure. Oh, oh, we love it. It's it's physics 101 writ large. Yeah. Two things correlate, which surely you know just as an enthusiast. The highest point of a roller coaster determines essentially determines the fastest point you will ever, the fastest speed you will ever reach on that roller coaster. Because it's all Even about- I can understand that. Okay, it's all about energy. That's all it is. So the machine, the, the cables are lifting you from the ground level up to the high point. They're giving you what's called gravitational potential energy. And you're up there and you, you don't feel any different. But if you fell, you would die when you hit the ground because all that energy got converted to kinetic energy. So it's this balance between potential energy and kinetic energy. And so when I look at any amusement park, I look for the roller coaster that has the highest spot, I go straight to that. Because I know that'll get me the highest speeds. Plus, you calculate. You gotta do the, get a physics friend to do this for you. You can calculate what speed is required for the, the cars to go completely upside down and not fall out of the circle. I've done that. There, there's a speed. Yeah. I mean, below a certain speed, you, you don't make it. <laughs> or if you've ever been, an English fairground has a thing called a rotor. Have you ever been on no, one no. of those? No, no. Oh, it was just the... the just you, you, and it pins you to the yes, wall. Yes, right? yes, that, but hmm. that's... <laughs> well, then as, you, as it slows down, you start sliding down. Right, the wall, right, so, so the centrifugal forces are good. Is that similar? Uh, that's, no, that's not, it's not. It's another physics principle. Right. So what's happening is this wall is presses more and more against you, and you, it's, it's the centrifugal force. You have this tendency to want to fly off, but the wall is in the way, and so you press against each other, and you're just stuck, and you can't even lift your arm off. And I always worried, suppose I got sick, and then I had to throw up. <laughs> it was, you can't, because... <laughs> This, this worries me. That's so you have bad, to like, turn... That's a bad thought to put in my head. I'm just, but I think this through. So what you do is you, you yeah. turn sideways, and you throw up, and then it goes off at a tangent. Thank you. Yeah, right. just <laughs> evidence for this. <laughs> no, so roller coasters are like fundamental uh, physics problems. And interesting. So your favorite one in the world, just so I know? Um, I just love uh, the old, the, the big old wooden one. The old ones, yeah. Magic Mountain. That's just beautiful. The rickety ones that... It's not too rickety. In, in the old ones, though, you they were not so smooth that you know you'd end up jiggling left and right as well as sort of forward and back, and so there's they feel a little more dangerous instead of these other ones where you know what I don't like about the new ones when they bank the turn the gondola ends up swinging outward at an angle, oh, yeah. so that the the force vector is still straight into your butt. You never feel a side to side motion because it swings you like this. And uh, most people don't know this. In the last ten years or so, airplanes, the computer turns the airplane in the air right now. If it's got to make a left turn... Another horrible thought. <laughs> no, I'll yeah. tell you. No, this is cool. Watch. And it's just like what goes on in the roller coaster. So mm. you're in the airplane and your, your liquid is horizontal in your glass. Mm -hmm. And then the airplane wants to turn left. Well, if it didn't bank and all it did was turn left, then you would be pushed to the side right. like you're turning a car right. and the liquid would go over the edge. So what the plane does is it banks itself right. so that all the forces going sideways compensate for that radius of curvature and you could turn you can make a u-turn in an airplane and your liquid remains stable and you don't even tip the computers but do. it has the computer hasn't worked out what to do with turbulence yet then has it because uh, there's your red wine all over you <laughs> <laughs> correct however if you we don't remember because we don't carry it with us the susceptibility of planes to turbulence of decades past 
So they, it was a much rockier road sure. back in the old days. Now there's micro adjustments of the aileron, aileron flaps that the computers make to keep some level of stability. I don't think anyone, when was the last time you actually spilled liquid from turbulence? It hasn't happened. I bet it hasn't happened, like, ever. That would be the measure of how much the plane is controlling. I've definitely spilled liquid on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you tell me why, why you did spill you spill liquid because you're holding it while the plane is banking. If you actually put it on the tray, it's much less likely to go. Yeah. But since you're holding it, your whole arm is moving separately beyond the ability for the airplane to control. So the train's moving and then you're, so you got an extra yes, you got degree of freedom extra, there. That's the right word. Yeah. yeah, that's why you spill. It's your fault. It's not the plane's fault. I spill it because I'm drunk. <laughs> oh, okay. You drink more on planes than I do. But no, I, I think now I will always remember that every time I'm riding a modern roller coaster, the force vector is up my butt. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, that's just crazy. It is, it, because they, they bank it around and you don't, it's no longer a side-to-side -side motion. It's straight down. It's straight down all, at all times. Which would explain why I keep crapping myself <laughs> on the roller coasters. That's I, actually a I'm different so show. not going to the amusement yeah, park. Yeah. <laughs> there, there is now actually even one or two roller coasters, including one I think at Universal Studios, where you get launched before you actually get the drop. You're actually on your way up and they give you an extra force vector so you actually have more more speed at the More top, as though top. it was a higher That's drop. Right. So okay. you're adding potential energy and kinetic energy on the drop at the same time. Yeah, so so I was also on the, the one that accelerates the fastest. It's zero to 60 in like two and a half seconds. Wow. And that, that's, that's the head jolt right there. So it's really good physics. And when we come back to Star Talk Radio, more with my interview with Alan Rickman, we'll see you in a moment. Star Talk Radio, and I'm here with my comedic co-host, Chuck Nice. Hey, hey, Chuck, doing TV lately? Yes, sir. That means you're not doing stand-up. Uh, you know, I still do stand-up. You still got to earn your cred. I still do it All right, whenever just, I can. I'm just saying. I'm on stage. Just don't get me started there. A real stage tonight. <laughs> tonight? Excellent. Yes. Excellent. I'll find. And so, Charles, you're also tweeting, but yes. not Charles Lou. Was there another Charles Lou? No, but when I was a kid, my friends called me Chuck. So, therefore, you're Chuck Lou. Chuck Lu, C H U C K. Chuck Lu, uh, tweeting um, uh, just uh, education Most things, science, science stuff, fun stuff. Yeah, excellent. Nothing, nothing excellent. too detailed. We'll you, you won't know what I ate for breakfast. So. We'll look for you there. And by the way, Star Talk is available in three ways. We're on the Nerdist Network of the YouTube uh, of the YouTube channels, and so find us there. We're also on iTunes, downloadable as a podcast, and you can do that same thing from our website, StarTalkRadio.net, and we're in the broadcast universe. Mm. So our signal is, in fact, leaving Earth. Leaving Earth. Mm. Headed out. We've been on the air for two or three years now, so we're almost reaching Alpha Centauri. Almost? Oh, we're not quite there yet. <laughs> Alpha Centauri is 4.3 light years away, is the system, the Alpha Centauri system. The nearest star is Proxima Centauri, 4.1 light years away. Proxima. Yes. Now you know. If you want to show off what's the closest star to the sun, no, that Proxima. Proxima. Thank you. There you go. Proxima Centauri. But Charles, the closest star to Earth? The sun. Thank you. He's good. He's good. So uh, we're featuring my interview with Alan Rickman. What an actor that guy is! Like this voice. No, you guys are lame. <laughs> Alan. No, no, no. Sorry, that was your third attempt. And you don't get a fourth attempt. Uh, I like knowing what people who are successful in other venues 
what intrigues them about the natural world, about science. I'm a scientist, so I live it, some of which I even take for granted. And so I, we just chatted about what kinds of things intrigue him, just as a human being who happens to be an actor. Let's find out what, what rocks his boat. I'm fascinated watching a flock of birds, just knowing all to turn and make patterns and what's going on there. Well, okay, so it looks like they all are like computer controlled together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, here's, what, here's what's interesting. In and our, how do they know, here's the other question, how do they know they're with more of them anyway? Well, that's a good one. I, I, I have, I've always had that same question, like how does a fish know, the same with the bird, how does a fish know what other school of fish to hang out exactly. with? Because there are no mirrors underground. Right. They don't know. That's I look one like of me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How would they know? They're just their eyeballs. So that's that. You know, the universe brims with mysteries. Uh, that's a good thing, not a bad thing. But I can tell you with the birds that our sensory system is limited in 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 regimes in 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 sensory regimes. So, for example, have you ever seen the strobe light effect of a drop droplet of water? Surely you've seen this, the stroboscopic effect of a dropped water in a, in a puddle. The oh, water comes right. down and it comes up and it makes like a king's crown yeah. with little droplets. You don't see that. It happens too quickly. There are things going on in this world that your brain cannot process because they're happening too fast. So We do it with a TV screen. That fascinates me because that's, that's we're not seeing a whole picture ever, are we? We're seeing a load of little dots. The TV is exploiting the fact that your brain can't process the information. <laughs> that's the whole thing. <laughs> it knows you're not going to notice it. So it can, it can raster. It could do things on a shorter time scale than your brain can process, and your brain makes it all look like it's one. That's the principle of film, you know, the old rotoscopes. Is that what they were called? The, 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 the Nickelodeon... Uh, it's still images yeah. when combined, you have them go by faster. Yeah. It looks like it's actually moving because your brain can't figure it out. Your brain can't do it. So if you have birds that are ready to flock, all it takes is the movement of one at the front and every next bird responds to that motion, but it goes quicker than you can actually right. process. And so there they go. It looks like it's one coherent right. thing. And it's just not. But if you could see that at thousandths of a second increments, you'll watch it percolate through the flock. And that behavior would then be apparent. You say, oh, they, they're following the first one and, and everyone next to them. And there wouldn't even be a question. But because our sensory system is restricted, we're left with questions about the functioning of the world that the methods and tools of science then reveal to us. Well, it's like when you hear a piece of music or a song, you're actually never hearing it. Because as soon as the sound's made, as soon as I'm saying this sentence, you're putting these sounds together and making sense of them. It's just a series of abstract noises and you're remembering the sentence so we all think that you're hearing me talk but it's just a, a series of noises and as soon as i make them they're gone like a song like a piece of piano playing yeah i mean philosophers have distracted themselves for centuries on that very concern so the sound comes out then it vibrates the air so it's no longer even related to you it's just air molecules and they vibrate my eardrum the eardrum goes into my brain, and then I've, I have training on what those sounds mean, and then I understand what you said. I mean, it's, it's, it's freaky stuff. Very, because it's not happening. It's, it's not 
live in front of you. As soon as you speak it, it's gone. <laughs> so now we're just working off the memory of what we just heard you say. Yes, and fortunately the memory is long enough to yeah. capture that. If we have really short memories, <laughs> I'd hear your sound and say, who are you? You know, I mean, so we, we live inside these, these time limits and spatial mm. limits. It's one of the great challenges of grasping the scale of the universe. Wow. Man, <laughs> trying to get deep on me there, right? Right? Yeah. Philosophy, is it there? Is it real? Is it... Well, it's fun. Certainly the flocking stuff is real. What do you know about flocking? What do I know about flocking? Shattered earlier. Well, here's the basic point. If you use a very simple computer program, you just enter three simple parameters for every single particle. They don't even have so to So each bird attention. is a particle in this You example. imagine that each bird is a particle, and you just ask it to do one of uh, three different things at once. One's a separation. In other words, can't get any further apart than any particular. So I hold my distance. Hold okay. your distance. Okay. One is alignment. You got to follow the person's tail. Right. Tail you can't fly backwards. You can't fly backwards. Okay. And cohesion, which means that everyone around you's got to keep the same distance as well. So not just you, but everybody else. Okay. When you just so, put so, that into so a the word cohesion, program. you don't mean glue in this case, right. but it's kind of a visual glue. Exactly. Because if we all know to keep this distance, it looks like we're moving That's together. That's right. Okay. And you put all those three so what things those three together. Words again? Uh, separation. Yeah. Uh, Alignment, alignment and, and cohesion. By the way, if you're a sphere, then alignment doesn't matter. Right. Okay. You put a simple computer program, and boom, you can get flocking stuff. You can see stuff that look like bait balls in the ocean, like huge flocks of uh, starlings in the sky, just on your computer screen. The next time you look at a simple screensaver that does those cool dancing, it may well be following one of those three or all three of those at once. So these are the flocking variables. Those are flocking variables. Yes. Okay. Isn't that flocking interesting? Charles <laughs> 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 so didn't know you had it in you. Uh, so I, so I'm, this issue, oh, it's no longer there. That, that's, he's, you know, I don't, it's philosophers. The transients, right. Yeah. Well, the thing about old philosophers was they didn't realize that brains are a recording mechanism. We literally record that sound, but in our own way in an attempt to try to reproduce it in our own heads. The thing is that recording is not permanent. Nowadays we have things like DVDs or something which supposedly as long as you take good care of them, it never degrades and you can always go back to it and reproduce it exactly. But our brains were designed to record stuff quickly so that we could use it in our survival. So it doesn't matter that whatever made the sound doesn't exist or that the sound doesn't exist, your brain has the full memory That's of right. it. That's right. The recording of so it. So why are philosophers devoting so much ink to this? Well, they don't anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you fixed them, is what you're well, saying. Well, let's just say that early on, like Descartes, you know, I think, therefore, I am a thinking being, that kind of idea. If a tree falls in the woods and no one hears it, did it make a sound? The answer is, yes, it made a sound, but no one was there to record it. And uh, the recording is the uh, thing that we're talking about. Now that's a lot of philosophers out of business. Well, I think so. But they've yeah. got plenty of other things to worry about. <laughs> you know that as well as I do. They're always thinking about uh, new things. And Charles, you're like, you're, you're good in so many. I'm looking at your shirt here. Oh. <laughs> uh, you wore a shirt under your shirt. Actually, I am. Oh, yeah, I got to Well, let me just say that. Do you, do you guys ever slip up and say, that? come on, dude, it's not like it's rocket science. Oh, wait. <laughs> it is rocket yes, science. It is. Actually, we yes, do. Is. This is actually a gift from uh, my brother-in-law who is definitely not a scientist, but he always got a kick out of the fact that he could say, oh yeah, we don't need a rocket scientist. Oh, I guess you can leave the room. So I was like, well, okay, fine. Uh, it's a fun thing to do. So the interesting point about the, the brain being a, a, a place to store a memory of what had just happened and it yeah. gives reality to it, yeah. essentially. So uh, what it means is you could create a whole new reality by changing how memory lives in the brain, in principle. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. If the brain has this kind of uh, malleability, you can create whatever world you want. I guess that's what's the movie. That's uh, that's Total Recall. Total, total Recall. Is that what that is? Put in a memory, take one out. Right. That's right. 
Or, or it could be any argument that you ever have with your wife. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be nice to erase. Right? But, uh, no, that, that's all part of it. It's built into the whole system. And that's the issue of causality as well, you know, Neil. Well, it's built into the system now, but the more neuroscientists figure out the neurosynaptic causes and effects, mm -hmm. why not just go in and, re and rewrite the disk? Well, it's not a bad idea. And for some here's, people, here's something that philosophers. I have some nice memory. I'm keeping it. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, there's a Doctor Who episode that describes that the measure of a man is the sum of his memories. It had to do with that. And nowadays, there's some philosophers are talking about free will in terms of timing, too. Because if something happens before you can think about it, did you actually do it because you want to, or did somebody else or something else force you to do it? <laughs> when we come back to Star Talk Radio. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you, like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the US on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any of you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. This is Star Talk Radio. We're back with my series of clips with Alan Rickman, actor extraordinaire. I'm your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, we gave, I gave him three chances to give me a good Alan Rickman impression, but it's failed every time. I'm not even going to go, no, back go, go there now. Don't even know. No. Severus Snape. <laughs> Lady! <laughs> that was my Alan Rickman doing Jerry Lewis. Wow. Not bad. Awesome. That, that's what anyone sounds like doing Jerry Lewis. So just don't. Uh, you can't pull that one on me. So Alan Rickman has done many films at, with completely memorable roles as the, the villain in Die Hard. 
as uh, the the uh, wine merchant, British wine merchant and bottle shock. But perhaps of recent years, he's best remembered for being Severus Snape, a real creepy character in the Harry Potter series. That's right, Harry. I am the Half-Blood Prince. No, I'm sorry. Just like, don't even go there again. It's just, it's not. I'm a scientist, I must continue to strive. No, no I, I have notes here that say that, that Snape character was reportedly based on J.K. Rowling, the authors of the series, on her chemistry teacher. Do you have any evidence wow. to back this up? Or I that... particularly don't, but yes, there are various fandom type fandom things. Fandom things where they, where they make these connections. Right. They try, they're trying to account for what came out of this woman's head. That's right. right. You that's know, right. you, gotta, you dig where you gotta go. Right. Yeah, because uh, it's a serious trip. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and the potions teacher, you know, as right. much of all the magicians and the wizards there, he's the most scientific of them all. There's he a was herbologist. An alchemist. That's right. Was oh, he was the alchemist of the He was the potions professor. I didn't figure all that out because I yeah. just, I, there was too much Harry Potter. I just, I, you had to. I, I, had I understand. To, I, I understand. Had, I understand. Yeah. So, you know, I talk with Alan Raymond about making the Harry Potter series. Just, just to tell me about. Just what gives. And so here, here's here we go. So when when you did Harry Potter, did you have to? Did you do research on magic at all? Were you? No, just, not really. There's um, a lot. There's a lot. I mean, it's interesting. So much of that magic is computer graphics, and that is magic. Yeah, and yeah, and you know, and we watched. Over the ten years of filming, we started out going on locations. By the end, we were just on a pile of grass at the back of the sound studio. So it advanced even in the in that period. Hugely, oh. didn't have to go anywhere. They just put it all in. Just stand there, and and, and the day will come where they don't even need you. <laughs> they just oh, definitely <laughs> digitize you, and uh, we've got you. Well, look okay. at those films like Three Hundred or whatever right. it is, where you and the other one, uh, Beowulf. I think that, that was. Yeah. That was that was an interesting transition there. We'd had quite a lot of those scenes where it's all green screened and there are orange dots for focus. And mm -hmm. well, staggering what can yeah, be done. Yeah. I'm just going to compare fan bases now. The fan base for the sci-fi group and then there's sort of the Harry Potter fan base. Uh, did you feel some allegiance more to one or the other or did, was it all just sort of another the, day on the silver screen? Well, no, I, I, I mean, obviously children grew up with Harry Potter yeah. and um, Galaxy Quest pulls in a wider age range, I should think, because of people who are devoted to Star Trek or, right. or sci-fi generally. Right. And so you've got to... And Star Trek was produced over many, you know, over 30 years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The you've movies got, a, you've the got a generation of children who... And now it's all starting again. Now there are kids reading the books from, from the beginning who weren't even born when we started doing the films. And when we started doing the films, there were only three of them written. I think... The, the thing that pulls it all together is good storytelling, and, and that's what I'm part of, and that's a kind of magic in itself, uh, of course, because you watch a child, as I often did as these books came out during that 10 years, and they go to a bookshop, this sort of ancient thing that's about <laughs> yeah, what's to that? disappear, <laughs> bookshop. and they buy an actual book, and then you watch somebody's imagination disappear into that book, and that's magic. Yeah, so, so true. So it's all about how to make magic. Yeah. Right. And so uh, I was wondering, you're a fan of the series, if not osmotically through your daughter, but Osmotic. I happen to know you, you know. <laughs> well, uh, Charles I... will be reading passages from this later. <laughs> <laughs> you have your mother's eye. Yes. Yeah, so, 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 Charles, so uh, is there any magic in Harry Potter that you see? Yeah, we can do that scientifically. Yeah, sure. I didn't, I didn't find any. You can fly. Yeah, on a broom? 
Yeah. No. No, you got that dude that's going at 140 miles an hour flying with jets, right? That's just oh, jet, 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 pack. jet pack jet thing pack. going on. This is just a broom pack. It's the same sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Without the exhaust. Yes, that's right. You right. can fly and do some light housekeeping at the same time. <laughs> I don't think there's a, anything that cannot be imagined by humans that cannot eventually be done through technology. Like turning someone into a frog? Well, already people do that on TV, right? You've got... David Copperfield or other magicians making you think that you turned a Pearson into a frog. But that's an illusionist. No, no, he does it for real, David Copperfield. Others are illusionists. <laughs> <laughs> well, I understand what you're saying, but isn't it always true that things that we thought, let's let's take Star Trek, for example, because after all, Alan Rickman was on that Galaxy Quest uh, movie, which yeah. was the parody the soul of Star of Trek. The soul, yeah. yes, exactly. Uh, communicators. Used to be that you could just flip your phone open and go, Spock. Enterprise. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And you could be uh, thousands of miles away from the ship in orbit, and you could actually talk to the person and just go flip like that. And, I, and the... I have to confess, because I, I saw it first run, I'm a little older than you here. <laughs> but both of you. I saw it on reruns. Yeah, yeah. But so, I remembered seeing the doors open. Yeah. I, no, no, I said, oh, that'll never <laughs> right, and now we go to the grocery not, not store. Not even in the 23rd century, yeah. that'll never grocery happen. Grocery store, the door was open. Somehow warp drives and everything, That's right. that was, I was cool with that. But the, the well, doors, the, right. the, automatic doors. They knew that you were walking toward, I couldn't relate That's to right. that. So don't get your future prediction you've, from me. You've got newspapers that act, that move yeah, in Harry Potter. Yeah, I was Potter. Cheap, except they're on like a loop. That's you right, know, they they're don't on a little keep, loop. Isn't, isn't loop. that an iPod That's nowadays? I mean, it's iPads. When we come back, more with my interview with Alan Rickman and the magic or science of <laughs> Harry Potter. We're back on Star Talk. Find us on the web at startalkradio.net. Charles, yes. I brought you on the show. You're an astrophysicist, yes. but you're also like a total expert in so many other things, <laughs> including so the analysis of Harry Potter. Look, Harry Potter's most important relative in the series is named Sirius Black. Sirius, of course, the brightest star in the night sky. Hmm. Sirius has a brother named Regulus Black. Who is also another very bright star and another star. relative, a female. Sirius is in Canis Major, it is the eye of the dog. Ah. Regulus is one of the stars in the constellation Leo. It's in the paw of Leo the Lion. Paw of Leo the and Lion. they have another relative named Bellatrix. Bellatrix, let me yes. guess. Dog anus. <laughs> No, 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 no. no. She's no. generally stars in constellations are not don't identify the anus. Okay, <laughs> they try to use the, the bright star. If it's a bright star, it's the eye. Eyes, yeah. belts, no, that's right. yeah, no, no, no. Now, Bellatrix is one of the stars in the constellation Orion the Hunter, and it means Amazon or woman warrior. But of course, Bellatrix is a sister named Narcissus. Which has no star name, and just a narcissus is, of course, a, based on a plant. Uh, it's a flower that grows over the side. So I, I once tweeted all the names in in Harry Potter that derive from cosmic sources yeah. or star names, and there's quite a few. So J.K. Rowling must have had Astro 101 yes. or knew her yeah. mythology. Right. There's something. So that's good that when good. people know their science. Yes. And the it science. informs their art. Yes. And enriches storytelling. Absolutely. Let's go to my next clip with Alan Rickman about how science literacy can enrich storytelling, particularly in the sci-fi genre. Check that out. 
I think it's not an accident that some of the most popular movies of all time have had a science fiction foundation to them. You look at uh, the movie with Pandora in it, Avatar. You look at uh, E.T. You look at you look at these stories. It, it enables you to reach for places uh, to tell a story that you couldn't maybe tell convincingly yeah. with just ordinary people. But they need great writers and they need great stories. It's very easy to just kind of sling the ingredients together and call it a film. And I think there's a danger of that. When I when I think back to a film like Alien, which uh, I think uh, was an extraordinary experience to see that when that first came yeah, out. Yeah. And just sit in a, a movie theater and be genuinely terrified. Is there some role, science fiction role, that you think you could or should play or want to play as we go forward? Um, I'm here ready, willing, and able to play anything, anybody, in any story, as long as it's well-written. And what does that mean? As long as it uses language well, as long as it's got ideas, as long as it's got a point of view, as long as it's not uh, insulting the audience, as long as it's taking them somewhere. And, and as I say, that's a mysterious process. I'm, I'm a good editor of a script, but I have no idea what it means to sit down with a blank piece of paper and come up with a story. But I'm, I'm the servant of it when it arrives. So sure, it absolutely would be something that would fascinate me. That's Alan Rickmageddon. That's pretty noble of him. <laughs> so what I liked about what he said is he doesn't want the script to insult the audience, but he didn't at, at for a moment say that the script couldn't insult him as an actor. He'll That's play right. any role, That's right. That's provided that it served the audience. Right. And that was good. It'll take anything yeah, anywhere. That's really important. And science fiction is a tremendous way, just science in general, because there's so much unknown. It's the frontier, and yet there's enough reality in it that we can relate to this unusual environment. So what you're saying is there's enough uh, uh, palette that has been undrawn upon That's right. for you to go places that where otherwise you'd be constricted here on Earth. That's right. That's why you... I put you, words in your mouth, but I think that's You're what exactly you're right. You, you explore the human condition in other worldly environments, and it allows you to distill the story that you really want we to tell. We can't be the only ones thinking this. Chuck, you look at the eight out of the top ten grossing films of all time have been sci sci-fi. Sci Jurassic Park, E.T., Avatar, Star Wars, you just go on down the list. It's all sci-fi? Because, well, because it also it excites the imagination. But I thought I was biased, because I'm a scientist, and of course I like sci-fi. But like other folk are into this too. No, because, I mean, it's, it's the ultimate fantasy. Think about it. To be able, how many people have left this atmosphere, and yet you get to go to another galaxy or or beyond? I mean, and then pretty much fourteen people have left the atmosphere. Fourteen people have yeah. left. That's all. Yeah, that's all. God, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, left to to another destination. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Not right. just been up and back. Yeah, yeah. not, not just driving around, circle around, driving around the driving block. Around the block. Right, right. We actually have left yeah. to another. Yeah, got destination. their GPS and went somewhere else. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 14 yeah. people. So, I mean, I mean, of course, people look at sci-fi and go, wow, I mean, this would be cool if this could happen. Isn't there incredible comedy and humor in science fiction, too? Well, without a doubt. Being like able the, to just laugh about things that you otherwise couldn't because it's too close to like, home. Like Kirk getting an alien tail wherever yeah. he goes. <laughs> <in the gap. laughs> or whatever... Uh, what, Whatever what? unnamed uh, uh, crewman goes down with him is going to die. With a red shirt. With a red shirt. War on <laughs> Alan Rick with my interview with Alan Rickman when we return on Star Talk Radio.
One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. In these lessons, I will attempt to penetrate your mind. You will attempt to resist. Prepare yourself. Let him Feeling sentimental. That's private. Not to me. Not to the Dark Lord if you don't improve. Every memory he has access to is a weapon he can use against you. You won't last two seconds if he invades your mind. You're just like your father. Lazy. Arrogant. Don't say a word against my father. Weak. I'm not weak. Then prove it. Control your emotions. Discipline your mind. We're back on Star Talk Radio, and we've been featuring my interview with uh, actor extraordinaire Alan Rickman. Every role he plays, he owns it. That's true. You can't even imagine anyone else approaching the roles that he portrays in his films. He really does make them all his own. Yeah, just I I guess that's a good thing for directors. I should have brought a director in here to get them to to react to this. But uh, so what I wanted to know from him in my interview was, does he approach a role with any kind of philosophical, like what's what's his muse as he goes in and. Are there roles that he feels more comfortable in, or is as an actor, he'll take on any challenge at all? I just want to find out. So I asked him, Let, let's see what he says. Do you have larger philosophical goals in how you portray it? Or do you stay focused just on that character in the context of everything else that happens? Well, I mean, I want to be part of a story. So I suppose I would say, I don't know, I don't know how to play a part that isn't, involved in a a wider context I need to know who they are and why they are so yeah I and I would rather the what what I do doesn't diminish the audience (laughs) well I mean that's an that's an important statement because Mm -hmm. in all the roles that I remember seeing you in you were in a way bigger than yourself not not in any bravado way obviously but just it's like yeah I mean I I feel that I see it I I I know somebody kind of like that and I and, you know, there, whereas there are others, they come on set and they leave and I don't even remember that they were there. And so, so you're putting something in there that I don't, you don't get with every 
performer and 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 I and I well, see it's that it's a mysterious mechanism acting and theater and uh, and and storytelling it's it's mysterious uh, and it involves you know you make a choice to be an actor but is it still mysterious to you you're in it you're oh, yeah. you're, you're accomplishing it. it's mysterious to me i tried it <laughs> I have two cameo roles, and it's like this is hard stuff, and I was playing myself. That's and so, so it's it's. I think it's a mystery to people who don't understand it. It's just that, that what's going on there? He's pulling it off and he's making it happen. Just let it run. It, it is a mystery to actors as well, to a large extent. When when you feel it, uh, you know they, on film they go, okay, that's. Let's move on, um, cut, move on, when they've got it. Uh, it's often mysterious as to what has happened, if it's all worked. So there are pe people who study emotions. They've, they've uh, figured, just learned this, that they've, they've divided up emotions into seven categories. Only really? seven? Only yeah. seven? Wow. <laughs> well, seven and alls are, are Let's combinations. Let's try to get them now. Uh, mm. uh, <laughs> are combinations of others. So happiness, <laughs> sadness. I got eight. Happiness, sadness, anger, surprise, fear, disgust, and contempt. Wait, disgust and contempt are very similar. What's the difference? Um, I don't have contempt of food in which I'm disgusted Disgusting. for having eaten. Oh, okay. So okay. I think you can make maps of how these would combine. And a good actor presumably can summon these at any wow. instant. But what's interesting, when you study these across cultures, there's extraordinary similarity. An angry person in one culture looks like an angry person in another culture, right? There's no one smiling out of anger in one place and showing their teeth in another. I mean, there's a commonality across cultures. So this Are you sure? <laughs> so yeah. there's a... There's a that was a creepy face, Charles. Don't do that again. I don't. Was you, that you're scaring did, me? Did that create disgust? I don't. Fear? That's a eighth category here. Charles, <laughs> freaking out. Is creepy a category? <laughs> creepy, creepy. We need creepy here. But his comment, <laughs> his comment about the mystery of acting is so dead on. It's There's only so a mystery because we haven't studied and understood it yet. Are you sure? Not because it's not because it's mystical or anything. Well, in the same sense that you still really can't tell which painting is more beautiful, this Renoir or that Monet. There's an aesthetic to it. Sure, we can try to quantify it scientifically, but is there a part of it that will never, ever be able to be quantified, like I, into these categories? I don't think so. I think we one day we'll put electrodes on Chuck's head, and when he says angry, and I'll see what part his brain lights up, mm -hmm. when he says I'm happy, all of it. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't be useful. The whole brain lights up. Oh my God, his brain is one big giant light bulb. What happened? It's just one we, we organ. Will, we will <laughs> like him when he's angry. <laughs> So I mean, it's just a, it's an intriguing fact yeah. that an actor can summon these emotions on command, deliver them, be convincing about it, and they're not even feeling that unless in any in any derived way. In See, any, a lot of them will say they, they create are the stimulus, right? So nothing external to them right. created the stimulus, right? But they create the stimulus in us. Yes, they themselves, whether or not they feel it, can convince us that they feel it. That's a scientific thing in the receiving side, and that's not all just the a transmission side. Which makes the really good, which means they're really good emotional liars. Exactly. I, wonder what, I wonder what it is to be married to an actor. Awful. <laughs> <laughs> Can't trust them. You don't know. Are they lying? Are they telling the truth? Of course, <clears throat> I still love you, honey. You're my world. <laughs> right, right, right. It's like not. Nah. <laughs> we got to start wrapping this up. My oh, gosh! Oh, this that's was such fun. a good time. Chuck and Charles.
Charles and Chuck, <laughs> thanks for being on Star. You've been on Star to talk before. Yes. This will not be your last time. I Thank promise. Thank you so much. And Such Chuck, a pleasure. I'm going to find you on Friday night. So my my sister who loves Home and Garden Television, she's going to find you by accident. That's right. She's going to call me in panic. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Will it be creepy when you no, break in? No, it won't be creepy. Okay. Only if I actually came in your home. Oh, You've okay. been listening to Star Talk Radio, brought to you in part by a grant from the National Science Foundation. Give it up for the NSF. Yes. I'm your host, astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson. And as always, I bid you to keep looking up. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.